once you dedicate time to learn how to interpret strategy and determine the direction that you want to go, because strategy is a map, it's a roadmap, it's not an answer. You know, we don't enable you at Seeking Health. We, we provide you information that allows you to determine where you want to focus, how you want to do it, and then what tools you need in order to do it. But if you know your genetic variations and you know that certain environmental influences can really, really affect your genetic expression, either for the worst or for the better, genetic testing actually, it should empower the individual versus scare them. That's Dr. Ben Lynch. And this is episode 428 of the Wellness Force podcast. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. How can we bring awareness and reverence to all the little mundane elements of our life and begin from that platform of sacred relationship to the self to begin to orient towards others in that same way? If you felt bad with the last millionth of a second, well, let go of the things that were making you feel bad that millionth of a second and be new right this millionth of a second. If you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. This podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Organifi, the creators of the Organifi Gold, my number one turmeric, lemon balm, and superfood adaptogen bombshell that, trust me, will make you sleep like a baby. I know this because I use it on the regular. Not only is this one of my top sleep supplements I use personally, but also it helps my nervous system and my stomach calm down at the end of the day in the evenings, especially if I've had a stressful day. I know you have those too because you're human. (laughs) And because we're human, the best thing to do is take loving care of the human body, starting with quality sleep, not just quantity. This is gonna allow you to have the highest quality of life possible. So if you've been struggling with sleep, Give this superfood adaptogen powder, the Organifi Gold, a test drive for a special deal over at wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. Pick up a 30-day supply, give it a test drive. If you don't like it, you can send it back, but no one's ever done that. (laughs) As far as I've heard, 20% off is the biggest discount you'll find over the entire internet. We're grandfathered in. These savings are for you. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi and use the code wellnessforce. Share this with your friends, your family, and anyone who wants to drink the gold and sleep well. Hey, it's Josh Trent. This is Wellness Force. This is where you and I together discover physical and emotional intelligence so you can live your life well and thrive in this rock in the middle of outer space that we live on called Earth. Make sure you tap the subscribe button where you're listening. Make sure you never miss any free episodes delivered every single week to wherever you're listening. And if you want to have a trusted path to reset and renew your own personal wellness and be coached directly by me in joining our Wellness Force Global Collective, just pop over to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21 so you can learn how to breathe, take a deep breath, and start your process with the M21 Wellness Guide. This is a 21-minute morning system that gives you energy, takes away your stress. There's six science practices in here. They're backed by science. I researched them, and I found that of all these interviews, There's about six things that we all should be doing every single day to optimize our wellness. They're in the guide at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. I'm really excited about this podcast today. We are talking about you. Yes, you. We're talking about you, your genetic potential. How do you optimize your genes? 
Is there a real accurate test to determine what your genes can actually give you from a health and a wellness perspective? In other words, what do your epigenetics leave as far as clues for what foods, what health behaviors, even what supplements you should be taking to optimize your own wellness? You know, technology has two sides and it's a double-edged sword where on one side it can disconnect us, but on the side we're talking about today, it can cut through all the noise. It can give you a true signal epigenetically about your own health. If you've ever been curious about genetic testing or knowing what your genes are predetermined to give you, this is the podcast for you. Think of it as a mini masterclass for the truth about genetic testing and so much more with our return guest on the show today, who is the best-selling author of Dirty Genes and president of Seeking Health, a company that helps educate both the public and health pros on how to overcome genetic dysfunction. He received a doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University, and in 2011, he founded Seeking Health to provide high-quality supplements that are specifically targeted to particular health issues based on someone's genetic coding, in other words, their epigenetics. This is Dr. Ben Lynch for his second time on the show, and if you're a fitness and nutrition advocate or a wellness enthusiast, you're going to get so much from this podcast. It is packed, jam-packed with actionable, practical information you can use right now today, right after you listen to this podcast. Make sure you get everything over at wellnessforce.com forward slash 428. That's our show notes page, as well as the YouTube video is there and all the links organized for you perfectly for free. All you have to do is go to wellnessforce.com forward slash 428. In this podcast, you'll learn about the power of epigenetics. If you're hearing that term for the first time, this will give you so much when it comes to really saving money and not buying supplements that you actually don't need. We'll talk about why genetic testing is empowering. We'll break down what genetic testing is, how it's done, and we'll talk about strategy. This is the test that Dr. Lynch created after mapping all the different intricate parts of how our body communicates with itself. You can get your own strategy genetic test over at wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty genes. Use code Josh to get 10% off your genetic test and every other product on the website. Make sure you use the code Josh, share the code and link with as many people as you feel might really be supported by genetic testing over at wellnessforce.com forward slash dirty genes. You'll learn what influences your unique genes. And we'll also talk about histamine, which is close to my heart with all the sinus issues I've had in my life. If you've ever had sinus issues or somebody that you care about, this is a great episode for them. We talk about humidity and sinus care and fungal infections, even the best practices about how to care for your respiratory tract and the role in the science of histamine in the body. And we round out the conversation with metaverse, Oculus, Mark Zuckerberg, and Facebook, and the impact that's not always positive when it comes to our society and especially for our children about video games and the metaverse, which is this web 3.0. Everyone's still on the fence about this, but if you've seen the Social Dilemma movie, you'll want to listen to this entire podcast where at the end, you get a medical perspective on what's actually happening to children's minds and potentially adults who become really victimized by the metaverse. As always, I so appreciate your support at wellnessforce.com forward slash store. You can pick up savings that you just simply can't find on the internet except at wellnessforce.com forward slash store. 20 to 40% off all of our partners like Feel Free, Paleo Valley, Organifi, and everything when it comes to detoxification, digestion, and energy. So thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. Your purchases from our partners and sponsors at the store page allow me to keep bringing you the highest level interviews delivered free wherever you are at whatever stage of your wellness journey that you're on. Now let's learn about genetics, epigenetics, and so much more with Dr. Ben Lynch. Ben, welcome back to Wellness Force. Awesome to be here, Josh. 
You know, the last time we talked, the world was a bit different. Uh, things have uh, severe, severely progressed in some ways, and in some ways, they're still the same. So um, what have you, looking back on, make, gosh, about 18 months since we interviewed in the middle of the process that we're working through as a society when it comes to health, what have you been most surprised by in the past 18 months or so, Ben? Well, I think the, the curve is flattened. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think the curve is flattened. I think the uh, midline is expanded in many people. I think the uh, stressors and anxiousness is skyrocketed. And um, I think this is just all uh, a real shame. And I I also want to say that this should be a, a, a shining moment for humans to realize how important it is to implement the fundamentals. I mean, if we are implementing the fundamentals and we are, you know, much stronger as a species and survival as a fittest is really paramount. And to me, that's a really motivating and exciting factor. And I'm, I'm really excited for people who have recognized that. And I'm really sad for those who are relying on a needle going in their arm to protect mm. them. So that's a really, really, really powerful way to say it. Because on one side, there's the dependence on something outside of ourselves, on a governmental body, on someone else other than us to take care of us. And then on the other side, there's us. <laughs> there's yeah. there's the, the father or the mother that lives inside of us all. And we don't have to have kids, by the way, to be the father or the mother of ourselves and our own health. So one of the things I've loved so much about your work, by the way, we had one of the most downloaded shows the last time you came on. So I'm super excited to have you back. And we explored a little bit about epigenetics and dirty genes and what this whole equation of what I'm born with really means. But today, I want to start here. You know, people have called you before an epigenetic pioneer. What exactly does that mean? Are you trailblazing that space? Who did you learn from? How did you get into the epigenetics? And why did somebody call you the epigenetic pioneer? You know, I think somebody called me the epigenetic pioneer because they don't know who the the real pioneers of epigenetics uh, are. Uh Um, You know, I'm flattered by that statement. But, you know, when I hear the term pioneer, I'm, I'm thinking Oregon Trail. You know, I'm thinking Lewis and Clark and, and, uh, you know, people who actually beat the bushes and, and help coin the term epigenetics. Um, so I, I was introduced to this by Bruce Lipton and, um, you know, Bruce Lipton is uh, a phenomenal uh, speaker and I witnessed his work first quarter, first year at med school. Uh, you know, remember those big old, uh, media, uh, things that would come into your classroom that had the, the wheels and the big old TV and the VCR, like a VCR with a, with a cassette deck. Yep. Yeah. Millennials might not know what that is, but yeah, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, they pushed the tape in there and I'm sitting in the front row. I was like, Oh, here we are back in sixth grade. I'm going to fall asleep. But I was riveted when I, when I realized that what Bruce was saying about how our eyes and our ears and our, and our nose and our, touch, sense of touch, our signals from the environment, absorb these signals from the environment and our body responds to those and our body responds to those in a, in a deeper way. And it's, it's our perception of the environment that triggers cellular response. And I never looked at it that way. I just took it for granted when I smelled something, you know, a result happened, or when I touched something, a result happened, or when I saw something, a result happened. I didn't think that it acted on the cell membranes with receptors and signals and it sensed energies. And it's like, 
wow, thank yeah. you for sharing this. And it just, it just uh, was exciting. And when I, when I started applying that to genetic expression in my own world, you know, empty Jafar and other genes, I realized that yes, genetic variations matter, but in comparison to the environmental influence, it's, it's very, very low. I mean, Josh, you probably know this. I mean, what do you think the percent is in terms of genetic risk for say all cancers? I mean, there's some cancers that are high, higher genetic, you know, susceptibility and, but you know, what percent of cancers do you think are basically caused by, you know, genetic inheritance of, of, you know, unhealthy genes? I'm going to give an uneducated answer because I don't know, but I'm guessing it's lower than five to 10% if you take out all the environmental factors. Yeah. It's actually one to five. Okay. That yeah. was close. Yeah, you were. And it's, it's, uh, when I was doing research for, for presenting to the, um, God, it was some cancer association, I, I was floored when I, when I read that statistic, I was like, wow, okay, this is, we're barking up the wrong tree here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. It's powerful. Cause I've heard many people describe epigenetics as what you're born with and what gets activated, what gets turned on. I remember three, four years ago, Chris Kresser was on the show and he said, genetics load the gun, but our behavior pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a very profound way to say this. But, you know, when we look at the way that you've modernized, you know, genes and SNPs and, and MTHFR, what has been one of your guiding lights as you look at the way that we're coded, the way that we're born versus how we actually live with health? In other words, what we're born with and what we turn on and turn off. What, what has surprised you the most about your work in modernizing this? Well, I'll start with, I'll, I'll answer this with a story. Um, when I first did genetic testing, boy, I think 2011 on myself and my family, and I got my genetic results back, I was terrified. I was <laughs> so scared, Josh. I mean, I, I saw my genetic, I saw my empty Jafar there, you know, having the two significant SNPs. So my empty Jafar's function is reduced by about 75%. Um, so that leaves me about a 25% functioning empty Jafar gene. And I was like, oh, that explains a lot, but damn. Um, you know, then I saw one of my sons has the APOE44 genetic variation. So he has increased susceptibility to early onset dementia. I'm, like, I'm a three, four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am as well. Um, I forgot. <laughs> How about that for a joke? Um, yeah, not funny. Uh, so, but I, first when I did genetic testing, I was terrified. And after seeing what I did and how I addressed it after the fear went away, I was like, okay this is who I am. This is what I've inherited. This is what my children have inherited. Now I better get off my ass and do something about this. And so I eliminated folic acid from my diet for the most part. Uh, every now and then you go to restaurants, you don't know what's in there, right? You're going to be getting sure. some folic acid, but supplements, I don't intentionally swallow it. Um, and my son's like, dad, I love football. I want to play football. I'm like, you know, dude, I, I can't, I can't have your head getting hurt because you have a reduced ability to heal your brain and uh, it's, it's too high risk for you. And he, he was nine years old when I told him this in 2011, he was only three. So obviously I didn't tell him then, um, but now he understands a bit more at 13 and um, you know, he's going to appreciate it when he's, you know, in his twenties and, and late yeah. teens, he's going to say, thanks dad for not, you know, banging my brain against the, my own skull. 
Yeah. So it, it leads me to be more proactive and it's genetic testing is, is actually, it should empower the individual versus scare them. So that's the short answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I look at the way, and we're going to dive into a lot of different things today because one of the focuses in my life has been the care and health of my sinuses. So we are going to explore histamine today. We'll talk about chronic sinusitis and go and unpack that onion. But one thing that is fascinating to me is that when I looked at my 23 and me, and I think it was back in the day, five years ago, I had to get it sequenced through Prometheus. And this is like early Tim yeah, Ferriss yeah. years here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a little confusing to me. And then I noticed, Ben, that the 23andMe, it kind of morphed into this very vanilla carbon copy square, um, not really actionable results yeah. that I got yeah. for, my, for my epigenetics and for my genetic coding. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about that? that field for people that don't know, you know, what exactly is genetic testing? How does it, how does it get done? Is it only through saliva? Is it saliva and blood? And, and what is the efficacy of 23andMe compared to your product, which is strategy, which I love? Yeah. So uh, efficacy of 23andMe and, and strategy and the efficacy of, of, in terms of the quality of the results of 23andMe is fantastic. Um, so they've, they've done a great job. They use a very good chip. They have really good processing. Um, their call rate, meaning the the um, likelihood of uh, if you provide a good sample, uh, a good saliva sample, the the result that you're going to get back, the information you get back is is 99% or so um, accurate. So and it's only saliva, no blood. Saliva is the key. Yeah, blood it becomes problematic because uh, especially you know pregnant women, you can't imagine if you're if you're doing a blood sample for genetic testing and a woman's pregnant, you're going to be getting some fetal DNA coming mm. through as well. Yeah. So saliva testing is actually very accurate. One of the reasons why you could have a bad sample, a bad genetic test comes, you know, a genetic results come back and you get what's called a, a high no call rate. So a no call rate means that the genetic test was done. You provided the sample, you followed the instructions, but you don't see any SNPs. Um, you don't see any like information back. It says empty Jafar NC or a line through it. It's like, well, what the hell? I just paid for this one. I don't know what I got. Mm. Um, so what you can do is possibly take another genetic test, but you have to understand where your DNA is coming from when you spit. Um, so there's bacterial DNA was a, is a big problem in, in the sample. So if you have a high bacterial count in your mouth and your sample has a high bacterial count, the, the lab will look at that and it'll actually just throw it away. They'll just say, you know, this is too high bacterial. We can't, we can't, we can't process this. Um, it'll cause errors. Um, but the primarily the, uh, the DNA in your mouth um, comes from your mouth. I thought it was from the cheek cells, you know, the insides, you know, our, our, our cheek bone, uh, cells have DNA in them. And I thought that was coming from there, but it's actually not. It's coming from our white blood cells in our mouth. So if you have a low white blood cell count, you're not going to be able to provide a good sample as well. So your folate levels have to be sufficient. If you're on uh, immunosuppressants, it might not work very well. Uh, If you have a high infection in your mouth, that actually might work really well. Um, But uh, you have bacterial content. So quality of test matters upon your sample. Um, But you're right, 23andMe, when I first did it, um, I looked at the, what I was at risk for, you know, prostate cancer, I was like 1.7 times less at risk breast cancer. You know, I'm a guy, so, you know, uh, you know, guys can't get it, but it, my BRCA gene 
I didn't even think it was there. My wife was reported and not found. Um, so she didn't have any genetic risk with BRCA. Um, but I'm going to pause right there because genetic testing is, is only as thorough as the test itself. 23andMe in fine print says your BRCA gene, we report two or three of the SNPs in the BRCA gene, which is the breast cancer gene. That's what it stands for, the breast cancer gene. And there are, however, many, many other genetic variations in the BRCA gene. And in fact, there might be combinations of these genetic variations, which research hasn't looked at, that may even reduce your risk or enhance your risk or have no effect on your risk at all. So when you get a snapshot of two SNPs in your BRCA gene and 23andMe says your genetic susceptibility to breast cancer is reduced, you are, it's like saying um, you, you drive up to my house, Josh, in a, you know, it's like I'm driving a white car and I get four white cars in my driveway. I don't know which one is yours. So, you know, and it, it, it's just not, it's not enough information. So I think 23andMe is doing a massive disservice by reporting the BRCA gene and giving false hope or false fear individuals who are testing their BRCA gene because it is not thorough. And not only that, but the BRCA gene is only one uh, compound of you know, increased risk for breast cancer. We don't know your detoxification genes. We don't know your, your um, blood flow genes. We don't know your immune response genes. Uh, you know, we don't know a lot of these other ones. And so you have to look at the whole picture. And that's what strategy does. Strategy actually provides you a map of how your genes interact together along with environmental influences. And when you get strategy back, while you might not get, you know, information about your risk associated with certain conditions, because we can't, it's not FDA approved. Um, most genetic testing isn't. Um, in fact, 23andMe got busted for that. Mm. Um, but that, we that's you what a, I was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's what I was yeah. wondering is like, why don't they put more of the BRCA in there? Why don't they put, you said there were six, six pieces to look at. Oh, there's way more, way more. So why yeah, don't they put those in there? Is it a legal thing? Are they, are they trying to protect themselves against false diagnoses? I can't answer that. I'm, I can say, you know, if I was 23 and me and I'm, re, I, I wouldn't even report the BRCA gene first off, even if mm. it was FDA approved, I wouldn't do it. But I think they do it as a marketing deal. Um, you know, a, a woman wants to know there's family history of breast cancer in her family. There is definitely family history of breast cancer, but we can't just say it's BRCA. And, and when we, we hear in the news um, that so-and-so had the BRCA gene and she did a radical mastectomy, that triggers fear mm -hmm. um, among mm -hmm. the entire population. And um, so now radical mastectomies are the result of testing positive for the BRCA gene. And it's not even a complete picture. And, you know, if you have immune, uh, healthy immune responses, you have great detoxification responses, your life is great. You're living in a healthy environment. Your, your stress isn't that high. You know, there is absolutely no need for you yeah. to lop off your breasts. And it's, mm. it's a major disservice. It's really sad too, because this is why I'm so happy we're talking about this. I didn't know we were going to cover this in depth, but I'm glad we are. I think of how many people get us, get really captivated by fear. They get hijacked by fear. We're seeing it with um, what's going on with health right now with, with jabs and with 
mandates and masks and being people forced at home. Australia, Australia is a war zone. Australia is absolute insanity right now. And how does that one type of mindset where we're putting our health in other people's hands, we're trusting the status quo, we're looking to movie stars for health advice, we're, we're looking to people that really don't have a passion. Like you have a passion. This has been your work for so long. Uh, Bastyr University was your alma mater and you learned from Bruce Lipton. Like this has been how many years that you've been studying this work? I've been studying it. Uh, when I got sick in India, I was really, really sick in India in 2000. God, no, excuse me. No, 96. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 1996. I still have my prescriptions um, from the Ayurvedic doctor behind me on my shelf. Wow. I was in high school. Yeah. So it was, it was 1996 where I started really, really learning about this. And it started with Ayurvedic medicine, which, you know, took me from what I thought was my deathbed. And then it wasn't, I was just extremely, extremely sick. Maybe it was, I don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was very ill and Ayurvedic medicine lifted me out within, you know, an hour. I felt amazing. Well, amazingly better. I was still sick. Um, But uh, I've been doing this for a long time and it's really unfortunate, Josh, you know, it's, I even don't like saying this, but it's just follow the money, follow the influence. And I just finished Dope Sick on Hulu about how Purdue Pharma uh, was a mastermind of OxyContin and pain relief and destroying millions and millions of lives. I think Dope Sick is an exact parallel to what's going on with Pfizer and COVID. I mean, it's in the FDA. They're all in bed with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, Purdue Pharma and the FDA was in bed with each other with Oxycontin and, you know, the, the FDA agent who approved the labeling for Oxycontin, um, saying it was non-addictive and they put that on the label of Oxycontin and all these people got addicted to it. Um, that FDA person left at the FDA and worked for Purdue Pharma. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at Pfizer, now we've got, you know, FDA rep approved for a lot of stuff for Pfizer and now they're working for Pfizer. It's just, it's like, are you, are you serious? Um, so watch dope sick folks, watch it, be informed and look at it with the eyes of what's going on right now in this, in this world. Yes. And it's such a deep rabbit hole because I remember when we interviewed during the craziness, when it first started, I was, I was living back in Encinitas. We moved to Texas because we wanted to be more sovereign in our health. We wanted to have more control over the health and really the landscape for our son and for ourselves. And a lot of people, they're not really willing, or maybe they can't financially or whatever it is. They haven't designed a life where their epigenetics and their health can be expressed in the most beautiful way. And I think this is a call to arms for all of us. I think this is a decision point for humanity, for us as a society to decide, am I going to live my life health focused or am I just going to survive? Am I, am I literally just going to like pay taxes, go to work, have kids, white pick a fence and die? I say, hell no. <laughs> I say, hell no to that. And so how does knowing our genetic coding, uh, something like with a tool of strategy, how does this fortress us? How does this buffer against the environmental and even the mental things that might come our way? Uh, it's an empowerment tool. I mean, once you, once you dedicate time to learn how to interpret strategy and determine the, the direction that you want to go with strategy, because strategy is a map, it's a roadmap. It's not an answer. You know, we don't enable you at Seeking Health. We, we provide you information that allows you to determine where you want to focus, how you want to do it, 
and then what tools you need in order to do it. But you have to put the work into it. Um, so, but if you know your genetic variations and you know that certain environmental influences can really, really affect your genetic expression, either for the worst or for the better, that's extremely empowering. And I'll tell you, Josh, when I was working with the research, I mean, strategy is a, is a compilation of literally thousands of research papers. And so when you look at just a, a diagram of, of a certain pathway, like the histamine pathway, and you see one, two, three, four, five, six, like 10 different genes on there. And then you see the epigenetic influences on each one of those genes in, in purple text or orange text. Every one of those might be six to 10 research papers just on the histamine pathway. And so what I want to share right now is a lot of genetic influences on these genes that are expressing in your histamine pathway are influenced by the common issues, inflammation, stress, anxiety, um, overtraining, undertraining, uh, nutrient deficiencies, nutrient excesses, um, macro and micro. So high protein, low protein, um, low minerals, high, you know, low vitamins, high vitamins, uh, certain combinations of vitamins where, you know, some people respond really well to certain combinations of vitamins and other people don't. Well, if you look at your map on strategy, you can actually realize like, oh, that's why when I take this particular supplement, that might be the, one of the reasons why I'm feeling a certain way. You know, we have a supplement at Seeking Health that is extremely effective for a vast majority of people called histamine block. And it's, it's the DAO enzyme. And people look on their genetic report on strategy and they see that their DAO enzyme is actually genetically inherited to be less effective at processing histamine in the gut. And then we say, well, what does that mean? It's what it means is it your ability to process histamine from wine or alcohol or kombucha or fermented foods, which you've been told are so good for you or bone broth and you eat this stuff and you actually got feel worse mm. and you do your strategy. It's like, oh my God, I've been pounding the histamine type foods and drinks. And then they, they start doing the lifestyle shifts. They start removing those foods and changing their diet a bit. And they start feeling better, but not quite enough. So then they, they try the histamine block by seeing health. And some people is like, they got their life back. I mean, it's, it's great. And other people say, I felt nothing. Mm. It didn't work for me at all. And then if you look on the strategy and report, you look at the next gene below that of DAO is a first step in processing histamine in your gut. And there's another gene underneath that called aldehyde dehydrogenase. If your aldehyde dehydrogenase gene isn't working very well, then DAO is just going to process histamine into histamine uh, and aldehyde, histamine aldehyde, which then can actually increase histamine itself. So histamine breaks down in histamine aldehyde by the DAO enzyme. But if histamine aldehydes increase too much, then your histamine levels can increase. So now you need to support the histamine aldehyde uh, dehydrogenase gene. And that is done by niacin, um, thiamine, and, and other environmental factors. And so now you support that. And now they're, they're saying, oh, okay, yeah, now I feel good. So histamine block plus is really helping those people who didn't do well, which is histamine block. Because wow. I just looked at the histamine pathway and I was like, I'm going to design a supplement um, to open up this whole pathway. And I did that. And I, I kid you not, Josh, it's just like, it's a magic pill. It's unreal what's, what people are experiencing. I got to pause you right there. I felt like I was on your shoulder in the lab for a second. So people, <laughs> people rewind that and feel free to look up what you want. But what I heard from you on a high level is that strategy is a map. We still have to walk the trail. 
And it's a map for us to understand who we are on, an, on a genetic level, on an epigenetic level, to see what foods and also what supplements are going to be deleterious for our health, even if they're and told they're good. lifestyle factors. Yeah. And also lifestyle factors. So, so tell me if I'm wrong, please correct me. Is it food and is it also supplementation that we can alter, that we can modify by getting a strategene test? 100%. Yeah. And what I want you to do, as I explain very, very clearly in the book, Dirty Genes. In fact, when you order a strategene genetic test from Seeking Health, we ship you a book that comes with it. We ship you, include the Dirty Genes book. And we, we also include the Dirty Genes course. I mean, we, we are giving you an arsenal of tools for you to study and empower yourself. Um, and uh, it's, it's amazing how much information we provide you that is actionable and insightful, but you have to put in the work. If you don't want to put in the work, and if you want a strategy to just give you a bunch of answers and like, do this, do that, you're going to hate it. Mm. You're going to hate strategy. It is not for people who want A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. It's for people who, who want to have the entire alphabet, but to make their own words out of that alphabet. So you, you got to be able to, to dedicate time to learning it because it, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I'll just be straight up. But when you, when you look at this, the map and you start understanding what the map is informing you, Josh, the first step of histamine production is your diet and your lifestyle. So the step one is diet, lifestyle, and the environment. If you're overtraining, you're making more histamine. Exercise-induced asthma, research shows exercise-induced asthma is a result of a couple things, elevated histamine and elevated adenosine. Adenosine is the breakdown of ATP, adenosine triphosphate. If you are increasing your adenosine higher than you're actually generating ATP, your mitochondria are not going to be working very well. And they can start to break down. And then you get an accumulation of adenosine and that causes all sorts of immune responses and, and, and issues. Histamine, as we know, if someone has an elevated histamine, you can have breathing difficulties. That's why people turn to Benadryl if they have a if they eat something or, or they get stung by something, they have a serious IgE reaction to. And so with exercise-induced asthma, your histamine levels are really high. So if you lower these individuals' histamine, then their exercise-induced asthma is gone permanently if they maintain healthy levels of histamine. Now, histamine exercise-induced exercise asthma can come back and rear its ugly head at any moment in your life. There is no cure for exercise-induced asthma because there is no cure of maintaining your histamine levels at a perfect level your entire life. That requires work from you. I always say that health is a four-letter word spelled W-O-R-K. And you have to be able to understand what empowers your genes to work efficiently and what makes your genes work harder. Exercise is phenomenal, but if you work too hard, then your genes start getting too dirty. They can't handle it. And uh, they start calling on other genes to support it. And then they get overworked and overburdened. And then you start breaking down. A lot of people get sick when they train too hard. I've done that before where I actually will cause myself to get a cold or a flu if I've trained really, really hard. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Your genes are overworked. And and that's the, that's step, that's gene one that converts histidine and amino acid into histamine by the histamine decarboxylase gene. It is heavily influenced by exercise. It's heavily influenced by infections, inflammation, stress. All these things are influencing it. 
You mentioned adenosine too. And I think about the pathway for coffee and I don't know if it's coffee or caffeine because this isn't my specialty caffeine. for people, for people it's caffeine. So mm. for people that, cause part of caffeine's job is that I believe it blocks the histamine receptors, the functionality in the body. Is that the adenosine receptors, the adenosine yeah. receptors. So if somebody's yeah. drinking coffee and they have potential proclivity for exercise induced asthma, um, that would be something that they would need to modify ASAP. Yeah, it's it's informative. And we show actually the adenosine receptor genetic variations on stratagene, and we show the metabolism uh, a bit of adenosine. So if you look at your histamine pathway and your adenosine metabolism, and also we look if we look at your COMT gene, and if if you say, okay, I'm super caffeine sensitive. And if I have just a sip of coffee in the evening, I'm anxious and I can't fall asleep at night. Yeah, that's And then you order a strategy and you're like, okay, yeah, I've got the COMT. It's slightly slower. I've got my adenosine receptors um, are uh, very, very sensitive to to adenosine and and, and other things. Um, it, it gets complicated really fast, but you 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 put it together and you're like, oh, okay, I need to cut back on my my caffeine. And what caffeine does is it, it literally blocks the adenosine from attaching to the receptors. Um, and adenosine naturally accumulates as throughout our day, and it's called a, a sleep pressure. I learned a bit about this in the book, um, Why We Sleep, I think is the name of it. Um, phenomenal book. Actually, I don't like saying this and giving the guy credit, but I will. Uh, Bill Gates turned me on to that book uh, on, oh, his, shit. on his Instagram. You're going to yeah. give a shout out to Gates. Oh my God. No, no, I, no. A shout out for him recommending that book. Okay, cool. Um, but why isn't he talking about that during this whole, yeah, whatever. Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, it's a fantastic book and adenosine naturally increases our sleep pressure and caffeine reduces that sleep pressure. So if you reduce your sleep pressure um, by lowering your adenosine levels, um, well, you've got issues. Yeah. And you can cheat for a while, but eventually it'll all catch up. Like that's why people get nausea and they go through caffeine withdrawals because probably they had some fun, some dysregulation with the way adenosine is supposed to work. Yes. Yeah. I would say it's so multifaceted. Um, and that's the other thing too. We are so inherently human that we over, we tend to oversimplify things and we want to oversimplify it because our reptilian brain requires a huge amount of dopamine and, and acetylcholine to process these, this type of information, which then uses up a lot of energy and calories, which then tells us we have to get off our ass and go hunt and, and gather food. And so we, we tend to reduction, uh, you know, apply the reductionist theory to things in order to safeguard and, and protect our uh, nutrients in our brain. And that's just a, a reptilian old thinking, um, even though we got a fridge in, right behind us. Um, so if you're oversimplifying things, be careful. Um, and that's why strategy is, is such a useful tool for a lot of people because it does not oversimplify things, mm. but, uh, it can frustrate you at the same time because it is, uh, very comprehensive. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. You guys find it at wellnessforce.com forward slash store. The code is Josh. You can get the strategy as well as all the other products from seeking health. One of the things that I focused on in my own life is my sinuses and the care of my sinuses. And it's been just a long, arduous battle, Ben. I, I can't share it enough. Like I've had 
three sinus surgeries in my life. I've had uh-huh. balloon, balloon sinuplasty. I'm now using a glutathione spray. But I remember when I was at your house and we, um, it was about three years ago and I was with Mike Mutzel from High Intensity Health and Mike had a, a nose that was a little bit stuffy. And you're like, here, take this, snuff it up your nose, <laughs> go into the sink. And immediately it made him feel better. And yeah. that sparked my curiosity. I'm like, okay, what is histamine? What is histamine intolerance? What is the function of histamine in our bodies? What do we need to know about histamine for overall wellness? Oh, without histamine, you are stupid, tired, and unable to fight any infections or deliver blood to your extremities or other parts of your body. It's, it's, a, it's a signaling molecule that does so many important things. It, it stimulates your stomach acid. Um, if you don't have enough histamine, you, you don't digest your food. Um, you don't move uh, your bowels to your gut. You are unable to focus. Um, if you if you take a over the counter medication for as an antihistamine, you turn that over. It says may induce drowsiness. So histamine is extremely important for alertness and focus and learning and just having a, a good day. Um, it's important for your immune response. If you don't have histamine, then your immune system is just kind of sitting on idle. I mean, if there's a uh, a fire down the street and the fire department um, doesn't get the warning. They just sit there playing cards, you know, and eating pizza. So they're there, but they're not responding. And histamine allows your immune system to respond. Um, so it's, it's extremely important. If now, if you have too low, that's an issue. If you have too high, that's an issue. You don't want the fire department always responding. You don't want uh, your stomach acid always being produced. Um, you know, you don't want histamine so high in your gut that you're always on the toilet having the runs, um, or having headaches, um, or irritability or have difficulty falling asleep. So it's really simple, actually biochemistry. If you think the first thing that you always need to do with biochemistry or genetics is always ask, what's the function of blank and what's the function of this particular gene? Okay. It does this. Well, what does, what is the result of that? Okay. This, and then what happens if I make too much, what happens if I make too little and then you amplify a response or you diminish, you know, diminish a response. And it's really that easy. Um, so in, with histamine, it is a continuous balance. The half-life of histamine is literally a minute. Uh, it meaning it just breaks down in your body very, very quickly. Um, it's supposed to anyway. So if you do histamine blood testing, um, let's say you had an anaphylactic reaction, meaning you, you have extreme difficulty breathing. You're, you basically almost died. You took Benadryl and some other steroids to knock it out and it helped. It saved your life. And the doctor checks your histamine level. Fine. He's like, what the hell? I just had an anaphylactic reaction and my histamine levels are fine. Yeah. yeah. Because your body already got rid of it. So histamine testing is inherently not very useful. That is why histamine tolerance is so undiagnosed. People struggle for decades, literally decades, Josh. I think it takes, I I read an article years ago, so my numbers are going to be wrong, but I'm going to pull this one from my hip and and guess. Um, I think that it was on, on average, histamine intolerance goes undiagnosed for a minimum of six years for people. So they're struggling with all these histamine associated issues Sensitivity to Wi-Fi, sensitivity to perfumes, excessive irritability, difficulty falling asleep, headaches, migraines, exercise-induced asthma, eczema, psoriasis, 
diarrhea, um, you know, chronic sinus issues, um, you know, bloody noses, ringing in your ears. Uh, am I ringing any bells? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The one that's ringing in my right ear. I've had uh, tinnitus since I was 23. Yeah. There it is. And it's, you know, it's, um, that is a high histamine response and it could be associated with blood flow. And if your nitric oxide levels are reduced, then histamine comes in and tries to save the day. So nitric oxide is a compound that signals your blood vessels to widen, to allow blood flow um, to the area. And that's called nitric oxide synthase three, that particular gene that works on that. And I cover this gene in the book, Dirty Genes, has a whole chapter on NOS3. And histamine is also covered in the book under the, the gene DAO. Um, so the genes that we're talking about right now, and if, if we've left you kind of giving you kind of pieces of the puzzle, but you want more of the puzzle, grab yourself a copy of Dirty Genes or get the mm-hmm. strategy from Josh um, and uh, you get the book with it. But we give you a, you know, kind of a more along the road and less sciencey less geeky, um, more pathway oriented, um, approach. One of the things that comes up quite a bit in our breathwork program, it's breathe breath and wellness. It's at breathwork.io. And from all the students that we have in there, a lot of people say, Josh, I'd love to do the circular breathing. I'd love to do the breathwork, but I literally can't because I can't breathe through my Mm -hmm. nose, Mm -hmm. which, which prompted me to create an entire video training about sinus care. Obviously the Seeking Health product is in there because I don't know of any other products besides yours. Yours is phenomenal. So talk about what Mike did on your sink when he pulled in the product through his nose. He felt better immediately. How does this help to clear sinuses and how does one start working this supplement into their life, specifically people like myself that deal with sinus flare-ups, sinus issues? Yeah. And so one of the reasons why histamine intolerance support at seeing health is so effective is because I struggled with it my whole life as well. Mm. And, you know, I, I had all sorts of the histamine issues that I just, you know, rattle off not too long ago. I mean, probably all of them. Um, and, uh, so when you have a pain point yourself and then you, you develop, um, products to work on that and you test them on yourself and you find improvement you're like, Oh, okay, this is, this is good. You know, it's, it's hard to work and develop a product for, depression if you don't have depression, right? I can't really test it on myself and I, yeah, I can help other people with it, but I really like tuning into myself and how I'm responding to a supplement. And so histamine intolerance is seeing health is just, it's hands down, probably the best out there um, because it's so prevalent in my family and uh, we get great results. So what happened with Mike is, you know, he came over in, in chronic sinus issues and I don't remember his, he, he ordered Stragene and I went over his Stragene and, um, and I don't remember what his histamine pathway looks like. And plus I can't share it anyway. Um, but it's like, here, try this. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And I say, well, this is a probiotic. It's designed to support healthy levels of histamine. And, um, I said, I would like you to, to open up a capsule. We have a powder now provided to mix powder, which you don't need to open up the capsule anymore. Um, but this is an off-label use, um, by the way. So doctors need to recommend this. Um, but you you wash your hand and uh, you open up the capsule if you have the capsules, and you literally um, take like a tenth of the capsule, and you you can either just wipe it just inside your nose or you sniff it, and you then you repeat it on the opposite side, and you're like, 
really? I'm going to put a probiotic in my nose. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I remember when I was doing research on this, Josh, a buddy of mine had his sinuses drilled and the EENT surgeon told my buddy that he had the worst impacted sinuses he's ever seen. And it was so full of fungus and garbage in there that he was, you know, the drilling helped, but he needed more support. So what did he do? What did you think the doctor prescribed when he said he had a massive amount of fungus? And Probably Nystatin. No. No? He prescribed an antibiotic. He should oh. have prescribed Nystatin, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. He prescribed an antibiotic. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? What is that going to do? Um, so obviously my buddy wasn't helped at all. And he was really, really bad. I mean, here's a kid that had climbed Mount Rainier multiple times, Baker, um, he and I summited together, uh, each of those, um, once together, it was amazing, super fit guy. And now he's debilitated, literally debilitated with mold and fungus in his nose. So I said, you know what? I did some research and the research shows that if people have chronic sinusitis, or they have chronic runny noses, or they have all sorts of uh, sinus issues, their microbiome in their nose is not diverse enough. It is actually a problem. And if you look at the research in the microbial diversity of individuals who have healthy uh, sinuses, their diverse diversity in the microbiome is significant. So I was like, well, try putting this probiotic in your nose because it also helps support histamine levels. And he's like, I'm not doing that. So then I took a screenshot of like the six research papers that I read. I showed him the research of each one of those, bang, 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 sent it over. And uh, Josh, I should uh, get those for your show as well. So you can have them. We'll have those in the notes. Yeah. And um, so then I didn't know if he was going to do it or not because he was totally skeptical. And then I checked in on him like a month or two later. I was like, how are you doing? He goes, dude, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. Uh, And he goes, I actually, I did that thing. And I said, so what happened? He goes, I literally felt so much better within minutes. I was like, whatever. Okay. Um, Now you're just weird. And then I just repeated it on multiple people, including my own son. And it's interesting when you put a probiotic in your nose that you get results in 30 seconds or less. And there was a woman, a girl who tried that at our home and she did a a YouTube, a Facebook live actually um, here at my house and she had a completely occluded nostril, I forget which side, and she was having surgery the next day and she put the probiotic in her nose. She went in the bathroom because she's embarrassed about it. She came out with a little bit of white powder. I was like, you better wipe that off. Yeah. Um, and uh, a few minutes later, she's like, mom, I can actually breathe through here. And her mom was like, huh. And I thought they're going to cancel the surgery. I kind of wish they did, but they didn't. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And what's happening is the bacteria work that fast. If you enhance your microbiome properly, you're going to get results that quickly. And my appreciation and respect for the microbiome has exploded. And here I was for years also taking a wrong probiotic and I didn't know. I was taking Probiota 12 uh, powder by Seeking Health and uh, for years. And I was actually increasing my histamine levels and I didn't know. And then I I started learning about histamine intolerance and I looked at the ingredients on there and I believe we since reformulated, I need to look again, but uh, I think I pulled those out because I reformulated it. I was making my histamine intolerance worse. So if you're taking probiotics of lactobacillus KCI, lactobacillus fermentum, lactobacillus bulgaricus, 
you are going to be enhancing your histamine intolerance and making it worse. So keep yeah. that in mind. It's fascinating because going back to the map with strategy, at least have an idea. It's so funny when we go anywhere in the world, if I go on a hike, if I go, <laughs> I'm going to a friend's house, I've never been, I always use a map. You know, it's, it's either on the phone or if you want to go real old school, it's a Thomas guide. You remember those? You'd stick oh, them in yeah. your map pocket. Use them all the time. So, so we need a map for ourselves. You know, we have to have this map for ourselves about how our genes function. And I think about my chronic sinusitis and God bless my parents. They didn't know, right? They did the best they could. Yeah. But man, if I had this information earlier, I could have acted upon it earlier. So if you guys are feeling this, if you're understanding what's going on here, head to the store, wellnessforce.com forward slash store. These probiotics are activated through water. So Ben, as soon as they touch the sinus, yes. they're, they're literally acting right then. Yes. Great point. Great point. Very important point. Yes. Um, so and let, that leads to a few other things. Um, first off, stability of probiotics. Probiotics are unstable because they get humid humidity in them. So if you are ordering probiotics and they have to stay in the fridge or freezer, um, it is because the, the container that they're in doesn't have enough desiccant or the, the encapsulation process isn't good or the, the manufacturing process it had too much humidity in the environment. And so they, they already got shipped from the manufacturer with a high humidity. Um, so for example, if you are, you know, we had a contract manufacturer in Florida, but they had very intensive humidity control in their manufacturing facility. So, you know, it's good. But if we worked and subcontracted with a manufacturing facility in Florida, but didn't have humidity control, our probiotics would be already um, dying and, and ineffective. Um, so probiotics Dominics and our probiotics at Seeking Health are in a special expensive container where the entire container is filled with a desiccant inside the, the, the bottle packaging itself. Um, so the whole packaging is, is a desiccant. And the desiccant um, just absorbs moisture. Is that? Yes, it's exactly. Role? Yeah. Yeah. That's its job. And so we've actually done testing on our probiotic histaminics and put them in a hot truck and UPS and put a thermometer in the box and it got up to like 115 degrees or something on the high heat. And then we sent the supplement in for testing and it was, it was fine. Didn't even phase it. Um, so yes, um, bacteria are, uh, triggered by water to activate. And so the moment they get wet, they, they become alive. And so if you take a probiotic and you've been having issues of them not working, maybe they're get becoming alive, but they don't have enough food to survive and thrive. So maybe you need more prebiotics in your gut. Maybe you need more vegetable fibers or, or something going on, or maybe you're taking it away from food. Um, you know, there's various reasons, or maybe they're just crappy probiotics. Mm -hmm. um, if your sinuses are really, really dry and you put the probiotic in your nose and you don't get much benefit, well, maybe um, put some water in your nose first, maybe do a neti pot rinse um, and, uh, don't put any antimicrobials in your neti pot wash at that point, just use saline water, um, and filtered water. So when you do neti pot, make sure you use filtered water and, and salt, yeah. um, cause your mucous membranes are naturally, uh, you know, salty. Um, but yeah, they trigger from the, from the water. And another thing I want to say about the sinuses, Josh too, is our oldest son is down in Cal Poly in college and Cal Poly is lovely weather. It's just sunny all the time. In fact, he was just bragging that it was 75 or 80 degrees now. And here we are, we've got frost on our roof, uh, yeah. uh literally as we speak. 
Um, but the humidity in his room, so he had sinus issues and he, he sounded stuffed up constantly. I was like, Taz, what's going on? And he goes, I don't know. My sinus is just a mess. There's no mold in his room. I, I, I looked and it, it smelled great. Um, I'm very sensitive to mold. So I'm kind of the, the mold, uh, dog. And so his mold, mold was fine in his room. Um, but, uh, he's, I said, what's the humidity? Cause he, he has a humidity percentage on his alarm clock. He goes, ah, it's 25, 30%. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, you got to increase that humidity. I said, why? Because your sinuses are naturally wet and your sinuses have to have that wetness in them for your immune cells to be activated because your immune cells kind of move and your probiotics move around in your nose and microbiome moves around in there. And if they're too dry, then you're going to get uh, more susceptible to infections. Mm. That so, makes sense. People that live in Sedona, people that live in these super dry climates, Arizona. I wonder if there's data around more sinus infections for those areas. I bet if you just typed in PubMed, uh, low humidity, um, chronic sinusitis or, or humidity, sinus infections, you would find all sorts of, of papers. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I said, you know, I ordered a humidifier. And order humidifiers from Amazon or elsewhere that you can control the percent humidity. You do not want those like VIX uh, humidifiers that you just plug in and they're just constantly spewing massive amounts of steam all night long in your room. And then you wake up in the morning and your sheets are wet, your windows are soaking, your floor is wet. That's not good. You yeah. want something you actually you can actually control the humidity level and they have a humidity sensor built in. And so you want 55%. Anything above 60, you got, you know, dust mites and bed, you know, dust mites can increase above 60%. Um, so if your humidity is higher than 60%, you need a dehumidifier and you want to get that to 55%. Um, so, but he, I said, for the meantime, just get a towel, a literally a towel, take it in the shower, wring it and then hang it on a, a hook and just leave it in your room. And it has humidity just from that, because it's a small dorm room. I mean, it's literally like seven feet wide by 15 feet long. It's, it's like a bunker. Yeah. The people who actually designed it, uh, designed uh, Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't but tell he, him that. Yeah. Well, he, he's the one who told me. Okay. Um, but uh, so his humidity went from 30 to 50 just from the wet towel. That's fascinating to me because I think about... <laughs> all the different misconceptions about fungus and about how that impacts sinuses. Is there any, I mean, obviously we can't do the deepest dive ever because that would take quite some time, but is there any early signs of fungal infection, not just for sinuses, but for overall health? Like what are the markers for fungal infection when we look at the body? I would say, you know, fungal infections. Uh, so if you look on your strategy report, you look on your glutathione pathway, um, I'm going to preface with this. If you look at your glutathione pathway, you will see a particular gene that's called glutathione synthetase. Synthetase. See, I can't even say it. So it synthesizes glutathione. And mycotoxins mold inhibits this. So mycotoxins prevent your own body from making glutathione. So then, as I said earlier, Josh, what you do is you step back and say, what does glutathione do? Well, glutathione is your body's number one antioxidant. It is highly concentrated in your mitochondria for a good reason. If your mitochondria are not healthy, you are not making ATP, which is actually processed to provide you energy. It's ATP is 
your power source. And so if you don't have sufficient ATP, you're going to be struggling. Where is ATP heavily used and where is glutathione heavily used? You have high, high amounts of glutathione. In fact, the most concentrated area in your body for glutathione is it where in your body, do you think, Josh? Just, just rough guess. It's either sinuses or gut. Nope. <laughs> think about the, the area of your body that gets a lot of work that is very susceptible to oxidative stress and is working basically for you hard, you know, 16 hours a day. It's liver. Your eyes. Ah. Eyes. Liver is a good one. Brain is another big one. Um, but your eyes, if you notice that your vision is decreasing, like faster than it should, you know, things are blurry. Um, you know, you're kind of squinting or you're getting headaches on the computer. Um, and it's not just blue light. You got the blue light blockers on. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just not right. Well, get some glutathione in you. And, and often what happens when people take glutathione, so they, they, possibly take our optimal liposomal glutathione or our optimal glutathione capsules, but the liposomal glutathione, I, I prefer you just put a few drops in your mouth and hold it. And then you swallow it. You will literally, your, your field of vision will become brighter. So if you have a fungal infection or mold exposures, your vision will be less. In fact, there's an, there's an online test uh, for vision health and I forget the name of it. It's on uh, Dr. Ben Lynch's site. I'll I'll get you that link too, Josh. So mm -hmm. if you can if you can shoot me an email or your team can shoot me an email of the research studies I need to get for the science. We got you. Yeah, and, and the, the vision uh, test. And the vision test, um, VCS, I think it's called Vis visual contrast sensitivity. And so if your visual contrast sensitivity drops, that is a sure sign of a persistent ongoing infection, usually Lyme or some type of co-infection or persistent viral infection um, or uh, molds or yeast. And um, so, or some type of bio, bio illness, biotoxin. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a phenomenal test, but it's really, really important that you have your contrast set. You have to, you have to program your monitor um, appropriately and uh, so you have to adjust the settings on your monitor before you take the test. Would you have somebody go to the vision test before they looked at their nails or their crotch area or their feet? I mean, obviously those are key signs, right? As yeah. Well? Yeah. I mean, the, the VCS test is, it's free, I believe, with a donation. Um, I've talked with the founder um, by email, not phone. Um, and, you know, this was a test that I learned from Dr. Bill Ray, who was actually practiced in Dallas, Texas, the Environmental Health Center, Dallas. I don't know if that clinic is still around, but it was the, the number one environmental medicine clinic in the world. Uh, it was the, the best preceptorship I ever had. Um, it was phenomenal. And he used the VCS test as well. Um, and so it's been around a long, long time. So yes, I highly recommend it. And if the curve uh, is significant and lower, then yeah, you, you probably need to be jumping into a sauna. You need to be using some liposomal glutathione. You need to be starting looking at sources of, of infections and, and molds. Um, they're out there. So sure. if you, if you're, you're cognitively slower, your vision is less, but I would say brain fog, um, is a big one. If you're constantly drinking caffeine or using simulants to stay, stay energized, uh, you probably got mold going on. It's have everywhere. you have you heard of the work from Doug Kaufman? I think he wrote a book called The Fungus Link. Has that ever been in your 
atmosphere. I know the name, but I've never read the book. No. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause he has the, the antifungal dietary approach, which hmm. I don't know if he talks about supplements. I haven't read the book in full detail, but I'm curious from a diet or a supplement perspective. So we have diet, we have supplements, we have lifestyle, which one of those three would be the starting place, or maybe you do them all at the same time. I don't know. Uh, if somebody is experiencing symptoms of a fungal infection. Um, so fungal or mold, like, like a true, like environmental mold infection, or are we talking like yeast? I think more of the yeast. Okay. Yeah. Yeast, I would say, um, that is going to be more, uh, I would say food related. Um, I think that's big. So, because you, the, the statement of you are what you eat, you know, you can argue both sides and both mm -hmm. sides will be right in their argument. Um, but you know, ultimately the foods that you eat are feeding the bacteria in your gut. And this actually ties into histamine intolerance, oxalate sensitivity, and, and other things as well. So if you are eating pure sugar, I mean, we just had Halloween, right? So, I mean, how many kids feed, uh, fed the yeast in their gut? Because the yeast actually take the sugar, they, they rely on sugar, and then they convert that sugar into alcohol. And then alcohol turns into acetaldehyde. And acetaldehyde just increases your histamine and it, it causes all sorts of hangover issues and, and so on. Antabuse, the, the, the drug that are prescribed for alcoholics actually prevents the breakdown of acetaldehyde. That's his job. So if your levels of acetaldehyde or acetaldehyde uh, increase to a certain amount, you're going to puke and vomit and be super, super sick. And so if you are, um, eating candies or drinking alcohol or eating sugars of, of various sorts, even carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates like bagels and pizzas. Um, these can feed the, the yeast and they, they multiply in significant number. And then bacteria and fungi, um, they release certain compounds and it kills their competition. So if you ever went in your yard and you saw dandelion growing in your grass, those dandelion leaves are covering the grass and they're, they're, they're purposely pushed down along with plantain and other types of weeds to kill the grass around it. So yeast secrete these toxic compounds and kill the healthy bacteria around your gut. And so if you're constantly eating sugar, the good guys are, they don't live on sugar. They, your good bacteria don't want to eat sugar, the yeast do. And so they multiply and they secrete and they kill the good bugs. Now, if you shifted that and you started eating good foods, the, the yeast are going to start dying off and you're going to start feeling sick and crappy. And then that, what does that do? That says, oh, I feel like crap. I'm going to go eat some more sugar, eat more sugar, and you feel good again. Mm -hmm. So you, you're stuck in this conundrum. It's like, I need to kill the yeast, but I can't because I feel like crap. So you need to just you know go slowly with it. You need to take binders. Um, you know, you, you need to, uh, take the things which kill the yeast in the evening before you go to bed. Um, and, and you do these things gradually and you take probiotics, um, you know, probably in the morning away from the antimicrobials, um, so that the bacteria can take hold, but there's going to be a period of time where you feel worse, but I would say food is going to be the number one. The human body is so fascinating. I mean, do you ever just have to stop and take a breath in awe Every day. All the things that you see inside of the body that are constantly being unfolded and learned about, 
You know, it's just so incredible. And I, and I think about the way that we really have been living for quite some time now, ever since really the industrial revolution, definitely since the advent of Earl Butts uh, and the agricultural revolution, the way we're ignoring how we're supposed to actually function and eat and breathe and move. And I think about where we are now with children being forced to wear masks at school and still this insane psychopathy that we're experiencing as a society. I mean, we truly, our Krishnamurti was right. You know, like it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And, and, and our society is very sick right now. So what do you make of this? Hmm. What is the call that you're putting out with Seeking Health? Obviously you have an in, intense body of work and a huge body of education and products and supplements. But from your heart, you know, what do you feel right now as a father, as a business owner, as a human being on planet Earth? Fundamentals are ignored. They're not sexy. And um, it, it's, it's, it's actually bringing almost tears in my eyes right now saying it. It's, it's, uh, it sucks. Um, you know, my job is to make fundamentals sexy again. And, and I appreciate what you're doing with the, with the breathing work. You know, we take for granted the air that we breathe every day and we take for granted our ability to inhale that air and exhale the the garbage we take that for granted and i do i'm guilty of it too um but i i'm there are moments when i tune in and think okay uh i i get it i i need to really focus on my breath right now in fact uh i think it was this morning or last night uh, a lady reached out, she DM me and I get so many DMS and, and periodically I respond periodically. I don't. Um, so don't think you can always get me on DMS. Um, but it's just too many, but she goes, I'm super anxious right now. Any, any uh, suggestions? And I was like, well, you know, lithium orotate is amazing. Optimal adrenals is supportive as well, but breathing is, is key. If your breathing is, is not right, then you're going to be anxious and I, I'm really scared, Josh. I'm really scared um, for for humans and, and society as a whole because uh, what Mark Zuckerberg is is doing is destroying humankind. Literally destroying social media is destroying humans. It's pinning mm-hmm. us us versus them. Uh, it, it's it's awful. Watch Social Dilemma if you haven't already. It's 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 mind blowing. And watch it with your family. Uh, social dilemma is a must watch with your family, kids too. I don't care the ages. Um, maybe watch it with your older ones first, but it is phenomenal. But what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with AI is what's going to happen is your kids or, or, or shockingly parents are going to put these things on their face and they're going to be attending ball games. They're going to be attending bars. They're going to be attending dance clubs. Um, they're going to be attending, you know, prostitution rings, um, with AIs and these these suits, which enhance sensations and all that. And so you're going to be living in this artificial world created by computers. And I, I don't mean to be a, a, an alarmist, but crap, this is, this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening. And, you know, I own a lot of stocks and I do not own any stocks in Facebook or whatever he's called it now, Meta, whatever, um, or any pharmaceutical companies. Um, that are doing bad um, things. You know, I just don't touch that stuff. But I, I think humans need to always remember that nature first. So anytime that you get stuck somewhere 
you need to come right back to the basics, take off your shoes and socks and walk in nature, walk on a forest floor, not, not, you know, grass that's been sprayed by Kemlon, you know, go out in nature on a, on a trail and, or step into the ocean or into a lake and, you know, just immerse yourself in mother nature and breathe that air, hopefully in a clean environment. Cause that's where we came from. That's where we're going to end up again. And that's where we should be. I feel you with the sadness. I mean, I felt it from you. I feel it in myself. And I guarantee you that tens of thousands of people that experience this conversation feel it too, because it takes my breath away. The fact that we are so disconnected from ourselves, first of all, from people second and from nature third, that somehow putting on an Oculus is going to reconnect us. It's an absolute sham. It's a lie. And it's done to propagate really an unhealthy arm of capitalism. I am a pro-capitalist. I believe in conscious capitalism. But capitalism has a dark side. And I think that's what's going on with this metaverse and Oculus and this VR where somehow we're going to have a better life in a virtual world than the one that we should be working on right here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like that's how I feel. And, and on top of that, the last thing I'll say is that when televisions came or when the automobile came, the Quakers revolted against it because they thought, oh, this is going to be the end of society. A lot of those things that came were really good. But when I look at metaverse and when I see Oculus, I can zoom way above this entire story. And I know that this is evil. I know that this has nothing to do with blocking progress. This has everything to do with seeing things for how they really are. This is not something good for us. This is a very dark energy. I'd recommend that all parents immediately remove their children from this mindset of living in a virtual world. It's super dangerous. And I think it's, I think it's an attack on humanity. It is. It is. And, you know, look, I love uh, artificial intelligence, you know, when, if it's used right, I love capitalism when it's used properly. I love a lot of things when it's used properly, but the moment it gets stretched too far, we really are, are, are in danger. And, you know, if you are considering virtual reality or AI for, for entertainment, don't, I mean, just don't, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if your kids are jumping up and down and just say, no, I, and, and, and be, be honest with your kids, you know, you don't need to, you know, dilute it, be totally upfront and it's, it's going to ruin mankind and humankind. Uh, mankind is, is worn as a word now that I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, gun shy with, I'm not a politically correct person, but mankind is one of those words that I, I do. I think humankind is, is humankind is, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, and, uh, I also want to say that Video games uh, are really, really, uh, they were used heavily during um, the quarantine times. Mm -hmm. And it, it really exploded the addictions behind the screens, uh, adults and kids. And I, I, you really have to have conversations with your kids about it because my own son, uh, Theo, was waking up, playing Xbox, doing his online school, playing Xbox, and going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. Xbox. And I, and I was like, God, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And I, I literally would get mad at him. I'd scream at him. Um, you know, as I come down and eat, I'm not hungry. Well, you're not hungry because your dopamine is so damn high in your brain that you don't need to eat. So now he's getting malnourished too. And we're just fighting constantly. Um, go for a walk, you know, with me and the yeah. dog. No. Um, so what I did is I, I literally pulled him down 
um, not pulled, but we, we had a conversation in the kitchen. It was like, he wasn't playing Xbox for a moment. I said, and I was like, you know what, deal? Let me, let me talk with you about Fortnite. And he goes, dad, I know I'm, I, I don't like it either. I said, the game is making you doing this. I know you don't want to do it. Right. And he goes, no, I'm really sad about it actually. And he goes, I, I know you're mad at me. I'm mad at myself. And I, it's just, it sucked. It was a, it was a painful conversation. And he goes, but I, I, I just feel like I got to play it. I said, it's, the game is designed to do that. And so parents, have this conversation with your kid in a non-argumentative, just straight up way. And then just keep having this conversation when your kid is away from the screen and just tell them that, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Fortnite. I'm mad at these games. It's designed to be addictive and your brains can't overcome that. Eventually, ideally, they do what Theo did. And Theo just literally turned off Fortnite one day, walked out of his room, and he goes, Dad, I'm done. It's been almost two years now. No, hasn't been two years. I forget. I'll have to, I'll have to get you to ask, have your team ask me the number of days. Mm-hmm. It's like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. How many days have you been sober? And Theo has on his Snapchat how many days he has not played Fortnite. And um, so just have the open conversation and and, um, you know, cause it's not your kid's fault and it's not your fault as a parent. It's the highly addictive games. So, wow. Yeah. There's so much there to unpack, man. And it's, it's interesting because everything we're talking about from a behavioral perspective, whether we're an adult or a child, we are susceptible. Human beings are fallible. <laughs> we, oh. we are, um, in an environmental soup, if you will, with Wi-Fi and with video games and with all these things. So whatever happened to survival of the fittest, natural selection, you know, if we continue down this road, are we doomed or do you believe in humanity's awareness to overcome this? No, no, we're doomed. We're doomed. Um, uh, I, I call it unnatural deselection. Um, how so? Um, well, natural selection is survival of the fittest and unnatural deselection is where we are deselecting healthy survivable genes that are perpetuating the population and we're doing it through unnatural ways, through AI, through chemicals, through, you know, propaganda, through, you know, fast binges and, and artificial ways to enhance our dopamine. Uh, AI is going to spike dopamine to the point where humans are not even going to want to have intercourse with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. And again, I, I don't, I sound, I, I'm hearing myself and I'm thinking, dude, you sound psycho. Um <laughs> But it's, it's uh, you have to look ahead nowadays, especially because technology is moving such a rapid pace that if you are not paint, if you are not aware of where the technology is going, you're going to get caught up with every new toy that's coming out and you're going to be increasing your susceptibility to it. So you have to stay ahead of where technology is going and say, whoa, um, I'm going to go for a hike today, you know? I'm going to go, uh, you know, wakeboarding with my kids today. You know, it's, it's, uh, you got to go back to the things which were simple pleasures. I'm going to play dominoes today, you know, actually playing dominoes, not on my phone, but like the old school dominoes on a table. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's really, really important. And there's a book called countdown. Have you read it, Josh? I have not. It talks about how testosterone levels are plummeting across the world. Uh, sperm banks can't get sufficient, uh, healthy, viable sperm. I think in China, 
the amount of men who are leaving uh, sperm donations, it's only 19% now are fertile. So uh, human beings are going to be artificially created because sperm is no longer going to be on this planet, probably at about another 25 years. So it's easy for somebody listening to go, what's the point? But I want to bring something to you that we all experience, and that is duality. Because within singularity, there is duality. There's love and fear. There's dark and light. There's pleasure. There's pain. There's high-low pressure. Look at sodium and potassium in the body. There's always these equilibriums. So this is a really huge megaphone call for all of us to know our map, to know our health, to understand genetically what we've been blessed with, maybe what we've been cursed with. And take fucking inspired action, right? I mean, there's beauty here. There's definitely a path. And it involves us being in nature, us communicating like this open-heartedly with no artificial intelligence present, like taking my son for a walk. This morning, I did the cold therapy. I did my breath work. And Carrie Michelle and I took Nova in the sun. Like, that's what we do. Like, live like we were designed. And I do believe we will overcome. So I don't subscribe to the darkness that we're completely doomed. I know sometimes it feels like that. But damn, we must take inspired action right now. So Ben, as we say goodbye, what is your road ahead? What's the road ahead for you for seeking health? And how is wellness for you now? I asked you this question almost two years ago. How do you define wellness? And we actually put your voice in um, one of the top 10 most downloaded podcasts. We have a beautiful montage with Ben speaking about his definition of wellness. But what is that road ahead for you now? What does that feel like? What does that look like for a father, a company, a man? And, And how does wellness play into that? Wellness is freedom. Wellness provides you the freedom to do what you want, when you want how you want. If you don't have wellness, you're a prisoner in your own body as a vehicle to move you around on this amazing planet. And, um, you know, you can be a, uh, a prisoner from not being able to cognitively think about doing things, or you're so emotionally unstable that you are angry all the time, or you're sad all the time. And that's not freedom. So wellness for me is freedom. And, and freedom is so, so important as a human element. In fact, you know, those in Victoria, Australia, or, you know, in Melbourne are, are fighting for their basic freedoms right now. And, um, you know, kudos to those who marched, those 100,000 people who marched. Uh, it's like, why is it a, a million marched? Um, so I, I'm with you, Josh. I'm, I'm very excited for, for people tuning into your podcast and, and, you know, following me on social media and following others who have the awareness that the direction that humans are going is, is not good. But if we, if we group together and we, we keep spreading the message that nature is amazing and fundamentals are sexy and breathing is key and, and doing things that are out in nature is, is vital to human nature. We're the only species in the, on the entire planet, Josh, the only species out of, I don't know how many species, I, I, I'm, I can't even imagine, that wear clothes, that live in buildings, that use things that are made that are you know, from a lab, the only ones. And uh, take that into perspective for a moment and think, why are we the only species? Are we truly the only species that is so high level that we can do this? Or are we actually pretty low level because we are not so connected to nature like they are? So I, uh, wellness is freedom and go get it and maintain it. It requires maintenance. Dr. Ben Lynch, always a pleasure. 
Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. You guys go to wellnessforce.com forward slash store, pick up Dirty Jeans, the book. It comes with the strategy and the code is Josh. It's a generous discount. Thank you to the entire Seeking Health team for giving us that. And as always, we're talking more about Dr. Ben's work in the group, wellnessforce.com forward slash group. Ben, such a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure, Josh. All right, you guys, until we see you again, I and Ben are wishing you love and wellness. What goes through your mind when you hear the word CBD? Is it confusion? Is it clarity? Well, our partner Cured Nutrition has full clarity on 100% organically farmed cannabidiol. Say that like five times fast, cannabidiol, cannabidiol. (laughs) It's way more than just CBD. It can be quite confusing out there in the world with cannabidiol and CBD. I simplified it. I did the research for the past two years. I found Cured Nutrition. I interviewed Joe on the podcast. It's episode 300. This is all the parts of the plant. They use the entire plant. You get the rich terpenes, the healing compounds that allow you to sleep well and move well. And multiple scientific research studies are showing promise around cannabidiol for pain management better digestion, and essentially amazing sleep by turning off your mind so you can rest. This full spectrum, 100% organically farmed hemp is grown in the sunshine rays of Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Colorado, but it's the perfect place to harvest powerful nutrients and plant medicine. That's really what this is. Medicine for your body and soul. I like to take the full dropper of the extra strength from Cured and put it under my tongue. I hold it for about a minute And I feel, me personally, this gives my digestion and my stomach this warm, calming, almost buzzing feeling. Give Cured a test drive. They support the show. They also support you with 15% off. Just use the code wellnessforce at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured and you get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. The best on the market. I've tried almost all of them. This is the top of the food chain. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured and use your code wellnessforce to get 15% off so you can sleep well, love yourself, and love your purchase. Ayurvedic medicine, as well as all the ancient and contemporary masters in health and wellness have taught us for centuries about the powerful benefits of apple cider vinegar. But what do we do when we want to take the ACV, but we don't want to expose our teeth to acids? Most people don't know this, but apple cider vinegar is an acid and prolonged exposure to acids can damage your teeth. So how do we get in the brain boosting, blood sugar stabilization, stamina, focused energy and healing powers of this ACV without ruining the enamel on our teeth? This is where it gets easy with our partner, Paleo Valley, creators of the apple cider vinegar complex taken easily in tablet form without busting your tooth enamel. Paleo Valley created the ACV complex to meet getting organic apple cider vinegar into your body easy, fast, and without having to tolerate the taste. You know, that kind of like, (laughs) have you ever done a shot of apple cider vinegar? I know a lot of people that literally just can't handle the taste. So this is all your organic turmeric, ginger, Ceylon cinnamon, and lemon on top of the organic apple cider vinegar combined with these superfoods. It's nature's way of saying you're welcome. ACV can stabilize blood sugar, promote weight loss, and improve protein absorption and digestion, as well as the big one, stopping heartburn symptoms. Heartburn symptoms are typically caused by too little stomach acid, not really too much. This apple cider vinegar complex makes getting this organic ACV into your body fast and easy and without having to choke on the taste of normal ACV. You can do this. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash paleo valley. Use the code Josh and get 15% off your apple cider vinegar complex. 
That's wellnessforce.com forward slash paleo valley. Use the code Josh to get 15% off your ACV complex. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.